Yeah, I mean, I guess my only thing was that, like it wasn't dumb enough. All that being said, I really liked the film. Like it, it was, it was really fun. I, I think I just need, I need more Denzel action movies in my life. Hello everybody and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast, review number 318 with a review of The Equalizer. I'm Christopher Schneezy. I am Carson Patrick. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. Uh, this week, The Equalizer... How are you guys doing? You guys got guts over fear? What's going on with you guys? <laughs> I'm totally... I'm swinging from the, the chandelier ears and... Uh, and I totally have guts over fear. <laughs> yep. I'm, I'm trying to Sorry. change my world. <laughs> I don't even remember all the stuff he says. Yeah, I'm gonna I, don't, be honest. I don't remember any of it. I just remember that it. Like it's it's a genre of music that I don't listen to too often, but like every time it's in a trailer for a movie, it's like super badass. <laughs> like, uh, is it is it like this year's version of like the Rush trailer song? Oh yeah, <laughs> I can't even think of how it goes now. I was but. like, I can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, dude. I love that freaking. I can't stop. Right, it gets you pumped up, and then you go see the movie, and it's like, I am not pumped up. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I, I. Yeah, I mean, no doubt that that song is playing right now in this episode because oh, of course. Um, I don't care what the actual release soundtrack is. Uh, that song's freaking the song we're playing at the beginning. Yeah, I don't, the end I of don't this even episode. remember if it made it into the movie in any form. No, it was playing over the credits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the end credits. Yeah. So it still. I was might like, not... if they don't play the song over the end credits, I'm gonna be mad. Yeah, it still might not appear <laughs> on the soundtrack because I haven't looked it up yet. But either way, that song will be playing uh, because. Uh, you know, I mean, I, if I would have just heard that song on the radio, I might not have cared. Um, well, I might have cared because I was actually listening to the radio for some strange reason, but you know what I mean. Uh, right. but, but when Denzel's walking away from a, a huge-ass explosion, <laughs> yeah, and oh, this yeah. song is playing. <laughs> so we can get to it when we're actually in the review, but, uh, you know, like, you know, there's the big joke, cool guys, you know, don't look at explosions, <laughs> but, like, that is the most explosive explosion I've ever seen in a slow-mo walk like away. a parody of the cool guy it, doesn't exactly. look at explosions. No, exactly. Like, there, there's there's chunks of shit, there's chain reactions of oh other things God. exploding. It's like, a, it's like a nuclear blast, almost. Yeah. It, yeah, all they needed was, like, all they needed was, like, Jack Bauer to run out and dive and push him out of the way of the explosion, <laughs> and it would have been complete. Because <laughs> it was it was damn close to him. Like, he, he was walking just brisk enough to, to avoid uh, any repercussions from that explosion. Well, like, he, he walks away from the explosion while walking by gas mains, while walking by gas trucks. Yeah, <laughs> like, what? <laughs> the, the it's one like, thing, wow, you are ballsy, sir. The one thing I will say that was pretty dumb about that whole situation is there's a scene directly following it where, like, a guy is like, you know where I am, I can still smell the gasoline burning, but, like, nobody in the city came to investigate this giant no. explosion. <laughs> I think there'd be, like, cops all over that shit. <laughs> like, yeah, we just had a giant, like, uh, oil tanker or whatever explode. Yeah. Hey, he <laughs> owns the cops. <laughs> That's right. That's true. They're all corrupt in, in Boston. Mm-hmm. The cops are all fear over guts, so he mm-hmm. has that Right, hand. exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
All right. Well, uh, before we get into talking about um, uh, the equalizer, uh, we have to equalize something else. We were going to do two reviews this weekend, but uh, I may or may not have fallen asleep partway through or at the beginning of the the movie <laughs> The Box Trolls, which I, th- I think Carson and I were both excited to see. Um, oh, I was very excited to see it. Yeah. So so due to the fact that like I don't I don't feel completely ethically comfortable uh, judging the film as a whole when. I completely spaced out during part of it. Um, uh, Carson and I are just going to take a quick moment to talk about our thoughts on that film. Um, Steven, you did not see this film, correct? I did not see it. All right, so we will try not to waste too much of the listeners and Steven's time, but Carson, uh, did the film live up to uh, your expectations of it? Uh, Yes, very much so. I was very happy to watch uh, The Box Trolls, and um, I... uh... I, I like I'm, I'm very excited by anything that Leica does I like Paranorman I like Coraline um, I liked any stop-motion movie and I think that they all should be celebrated because of the uh, all the the hard work and craftsmanship that goes into it and um, no, I really enjoyed uh, this film I think that uh, I, I spent most of the movie like with the with a smile on my face and a little tear in my eye because it was it's embarrassingly good how how just great this movie is like how how well it looks uh the story is like just weird and 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 scary and it, it harkens back to like you know children's children's films of uh of yore uh <laughs> when uh <clears throat> when uh you know when when things were a little scary and creepy and and and, and ugly and and they weren't you know uh yeah, it 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 has like a handmade feeling, and uh, it's 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 a special movie, and I think that it's uh, I don't know, Leica's just really ballsy because the fact that like they started off this movie, and there's a box troll like stealing a a baby, and uh, <laughs> this like weird gross British man played by uh, voiced by terrifically by Ben Kingsley, and it's just like uh, yes, he's like they stole another baby, and then like the main dude who runs this town is just all like. Oh well, whatever. It's like as long as they don't steal my cheese. It's like what the hell? Like that's crazy, dude. To start off your your children's movie like that, it's just like you know, f the kids. I only care about the cheese. Um, but yeah, it's like it's it's very it's it's a very witty film, and um, uh, it's everything about it is is really fantastic. So I I, I very much enjoyed it. All right. Well, um, I absolutely loved Coraline. I really liked Paranorman. This film did not like so much. Um, that all that being said, like the the actual part of the film that is the visuals, like like the stop motion is is awesome. Um, I heard that they like three D printed all of the like yeah. face parts and everything like that. Um, so instead of doing the normal like moving of the lip a little bit and taking the like they literally had these like magnetic snap on 3d printed faces that they can go through all the positions and emotions and like that like i I thought everything looked really awesome about the film um you know some of the wit and stuff was funny some of it fell flat part of the problem was that i was really tired and i was in the theater with like three other people um so it wasn't exactly like an experience that i could get awesomely with a big group of people really enjoying the film um but i just for me i think this this film falls into that like this is the children's equivalent of a Coke movie for Carson. <laughs> it um, is. <laughs> because, like, for me, the story was, like, 
it didn't make sense. There's like the white hats that love cheese, and there's the red hat, which is this guy who's allergic to cheese, but he still wants to be part of the white hat group. And then like the whole film is about him gaining access to the white hat group, even though he's allergic to cheese, so he can't eat it. But like I, there was just none yeah, of the well, movie I mean, made there, sense there was to a, me. There was a lot of like. I feel there was a lot of uh, parallels to people who just want to be like rich and famous, and being rich and famous in the t- in the city of Gotta Cheese get Bridge, cheddar. right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and like being well, he, he being, being rich and famous, he, oh yeah. yeah he, but he, he wanted just, the more expensive cheese. He wanted mm. the expensive cheese. He wanted the, that that brie. But, but I, 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 I think that like with uh, with Coraline, you know, there there's this this whole idea of like. The kids think their parents, like, ruin everything, but what would happen in a weird world where their parents were replaced by this person that they thought was their ideal version of having parents, and then it turns out to be, like, this wickedly freaking scary version of that. And I think in this film, like, there, there's, like, these big ideas being thrown out there about, like, like, what is it like to be a child in a world where adults just don't care what you're saying or what's going on? And even if you know something sinister is happening, they don't listen to you at all because they're so, too absorbed in their own world. But the, the film never really does anything like, like that. Like, the, there's, there's uh, you know, stories of belonging. Obviously, this kid was, was uh, taken at a young age and grew up thinking he was a box troll, but he's actually a boy. Like, there, there's, there's all these things they could have done a lot with, but to me, it feels like they they just didn't do a lot with it. And like in Paranorman, there's a similar thing too. It's like this one kid can see these ghosts and nobody believes them. They just think he's weird, but he's actually the one person who can figure out what's going on in this town and possibly save everybody if he can just get them to listen to him. There's a lot of like Coraline and and Paranorman deal a lot with the idea of belonging and, and they have a much deeper message. This film, I think subject matter wise in the plot has a few of these issues going on, but I never felt the film takes any real sort of stance on that. And it felt like a series of, like, it felt like they created these characters. They didn't bother figuring out why the characters were that way. They just wanted the characters to be that way. And they were sort of, um, it, it was just like a series of visual gags. Like, it almost felt like a a comic strip that you would have seen, like, five cells at a time in the newspaper for, like, half a year and that they just strung it all together into a movie to where yeah it's funny because these characters are funny but it's not like i didn't think it was i forget the the phrase you used um uh carson when you said it was like stupid how good the movie is or whatever like i never got that feeling from it and yes part of that is because like i was zoned out during a little bit of the beginning portion but it felt like there was a few little plot gags that were interesting and the animation is fantastic but I felt like the story itself didn't have a lot to, like. Well, I mean, me. I, I think you could argue that about any of these Leica movies. I think that the story really isn't the main focal point of why they're so good. Like, because I think that they take sort of uh, basic storylines, but they're elevated by the fact that you know that the of the that that they're set in the worlds that they create. Um, and I, I I don't know. Like, I thought the story in this film was actually surprisingly intricate like it had like a an interesting uh like pull to it i don't know like i i i still think that um like the fact that like you know like the evil plan i guess of the the ben kingsley character like was was i thought was interesting and and uh, like very very different for especially for a children's film but it's um, also like it's it's brought up in the beginning of the film 
Like that's like his first line is like, "This is what I'm going to do." Ha 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 ha. And then the whole like there the, the never is like a big like, "Why are you so evil and doing this?" It's like you know from the beginning. There's not a lot of like stakes, so to speak. Like it's. No, but I mean, you could argue that about any animated movie. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying that in with with Coraline and Paranorman, there is like a real, I don't know. I I just think the stories in those are actually really deep, and in here, I think the story is, it it it's, it's it has the depth of like an episode of a kids television show to where it's like we need one isolated plot that we're gonna run through real fast and then be done with it. I mean, I, I thought the messages and everything were all there, and it's definitely the best, like, animated movie of this year, for sure. I mean, in my opinion. I don't know if I've seen a lot of animated films, but either way, uh, it's Are you that. including Lego Movie or no? Oh, I forgot about Lego Movie. <laughs> <laughs> I take okay. it all back. Well, I mean, I, I think there's just the animation alone is, is uh, I mean, that's just on a whole nother level. Yeah, well... Either way, it sounds like you recommend this film. I do not, but I will revisit it once it comes out available for streaming or renting or whatever. I think you should. Um, but I will. Otherwise, I, I, you'll get a, a nasty email or comment from my girlfriend, and then you'll <laughs> wake up tomorrow and wonder, why is my iPhone 6 Plus bent? <laughs> well, you we'll got to get equalized, bitch. <laughs> tell, tell her to hold off on uh, breaking into my house and bending my phone or sending me nasty emails. Um, because, uh, just give, give me a few months to rewatch it. <laughs> she's gonna hack, she's gonna hack into your, uh, iCloud account and get well, your naked photos. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily I know that she hates driving and, uh, she's got a long way to go before she can get to my place. <laughs> Anyways, let's not keep our listeners or Steven waiting any longer. Yeah. It was... Let's get to the main event, the equalizer, um, for this podcast. Let's take a listen to the trailer for The Equalizer and come back and let everybody know what we thought. He catch that fish yet? Hmm? They're both. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he did. It's a happy ending. Not exactly. The old man met his greatest adversary just when he thought that part of his life was over. Why didn't he just let the fish go? Old man's got to be the old man. Fish has got to be the fish. Got to be who you are in this world, right? No matter what. Hey, we better know what you did before you got here for a living. I was a pip. You know, like Gladys Knight in the pips. Oh! Can <laughs> you do a refund for me when you're done? Open the register up right now. Move. Give me that ring. It was my mother. Please. It's okay, Jenny. What's you knowing about? It is about a guy who's a knight in shining armor, except he lives in a world where knights don't exist anymore. Somebody does something unspeakable. You do something about it, because you can. I mean, about a girl. <laughs> 16 seconds. Belong in this game, I pondered. I just wanna play my part. Should I make waves or not? So back and forth on my brain, the tug of war rages on. A man with his skills. 
scare him. I want to know who he really is. Everything you're scared to say, don't be afraid to say no more. From this day forward, just let the maples talk. Take it with a grain of salt. He won't stop until he kills you and anyone you care about. I'm offering you a chance to do the right thing. Take it. What do you see when you look at me? What do you see when you look at me? This is the only thing I, thing I know. Just you, or are we waiting for somebody else? It's just me. Okay. It's too late to start over. All right, so you just listened to the trailer for The Equalizer. Uh, we have Denzel Washington is some mysterious guy who has a strange set of skills. Mm. And uh, he tends to, you know, view people being bad and decide that, hey, I have the ability to do something about that. Maybe I'll go and do something about that. Um, one day he does something about that. And it turns out that, you know, maybe this wasn't just a couple of thugs. Maybe <laughs> it was somebody with connections to the Russian mob. And... Uh, Turns out he has to do something about a lot more than just helping out one little girl who is hanging out in the cafe that he likes to read books in. So, Carson, why don't you start us off? What did you think of this film? Well, I uh, I think that uh, I you know I used my Denzel uh, Spidey senses and uh, viewed everything from you know all the angles, and I'm pretty sure that I'm going to be on one side of the spectrum. Chris will be on the other, and Steven's going to be in the middle to equalize us uh, in terms of our opinions of this film. Um, because I think that um, the equalizer is the this is where I leave you of action films of late. Um, I think it's perfectly uh, a perfectly C average film, and I don't fault you if you go to see it and enjoy it. Um, but it does have one of the most entertaining finales that I've seen in a while and in, 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 in these kind of films. I almost wish that the whole movie had been more like the final 20 minutes of this film, which were almost pure gold. Like, I... <laughs> like, basically, it was... you want it to be a shot in real time and take place <laughs> with, like, somebody trying to hold up the Home Depot. <laughs> Dude, basically, the movie turns into Home Alone Depot, where we get Denzel Washington... <laughs> dispensing of the Russian bad guys in total Macaulay Culkin fashion. And it's pretty freaking bad. It's pretty badass, dude. Like, uh, if you thought the, the big-ass explosion was cool in the trailer, you know, wait till you see Denzel walk through the raindrops in slow motion. The only thing, the only thing that would have made that better was if they played the Eminem Sia song. God's over fees, like all walking up. They they tried to play like some badass score, you know, which was fine. Because what was funny was now look at Denzel Washington. I've stated this many times before on this show uh, that he is like uh, you know like a Tom Cruise. Uh, he's just one of these actors where like you can't help but be drawn to his screen presence. Like even if the movie is just dog shit, you know, he's at least being awesome like he cannot be Danzel and uh there's scenes in this movie where I was I was bored out of my mind but I was still laughing because Denzel's like (laughs) he does like a facial move or you know he does something like slick and you're just like like this guy is just too cool like that scene when he's like haha my stripper (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, when he's, like, telling the guys, like, I used to be a pip. And they're like, a pimp? And he's like, no, P-I-P, pip. And he's like, you know, he does little dance moves and stuff. I, I, you know, it's just... There's there's an inherent watchability to any Denzel Washington movie. Um, even John uh, Q? <laughs> I, even John Q, dude. Like, you know, even the lesser ones. Uh, obviously, this, I feel like, is in the lesser tier of Denzel films. And uh, I feel like the movie, while I admire the fact that it is uh, sort of sprawling um, and, and we get, you know, time to develop uh, Denzel's character. Uh, but overall, it's uh, it's pretty boring. And, you know, like the the whole bad, the bad guys are these Russian mobsters and, you know, they're kind of, they kind of have control over Boston and, and like, I don't know, that wasn't very interesting to me. And, like, the whole, you know, I'm a hooker with a heart of gold, Chloe Moretz is the young, you know, I guess she's trying to be like, this is my Jodie Foster in Taxi Driver role. Just, r- uh, real fast, did it bother anybody else that she was in that role? Like, Yeah, it was kind of kind of weird. It was, she was weird a little weird and creepy. Like, she still looks like she's, like, nine. Yeah, I, I don't it, know, it, it was, was just, weird. I didn't buy her as. I mean, I don't know what like Russian businessmen like to <laughs> do on their off time, I guess but they like, like underage prostitutes, I guess. It, it also like weirded me out that the guy at the cafe was like totally fine with her having that career. Like, there's a scene where like the car pulls up and honks the horn, and he's just like, "Go make some money." Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, go do your thing." Like, ugh. I was like, "What?" So he like so she goes off and like hooks up with these businessmen. Um, which is a nice way of saying it. And then yeah. comes back to the bar and he's like, here's some pie. <laughs> it's on the house. Here's some pie. Yeah, it's on the house to uh, drown out your shame and your sorrows. <laughs> here's some, uh, you know, delicious, sweet food. Yeah, I just, I don't know. It, it re- every time she was on screen, it just bothered me. And it's not because, like, she's terrible at acting or anything like that. It's just that because like, it was just weird. Like No, it was weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For yeah. sure. And and it's weird because it's like, why hire someone like her when she was, her total screen time was literally like five minutes. Yeah, she has about as much screen time as her, like, or the, the person she's like the understudy stripper of. Or not right. stripper. <laughs> I don't know why I keep saying stripper, but it's, it's not the, stripper. The hooker, the prostitute. Yes. yes. Uh, yeah, her other, like, uh, fellow prostitute has about as much screen time as her. And, uh... I don't know why they just didn't, like, combine those roles. I don't know. I guess they needed, like, to show that they were all, like, getting beaten and, like, in danger. Yeah, I and know. someone needed to be saved, right? Like, there, someone there needed, needed to, to be someone who, at the end, is thankful. Right. They need yeah. one to be saved and one to be offed. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, Which is why they call her in the first place. Right, exactly. Um, but, yeah, like, I mean, there, that whole thing, you know, that whole, that wasn't very interesting to me. And, uh you know when denzel's in equalizer mode it becomes more interesting but i feel like the movie is overall like pretty serious um even in like those uh like the preceding scenes like not you know before the finale it's all like done pretty seriously and like you know oh we're gonna play badass music while denzel go gives like a mallet to like you know f a dude up and you know uh it just, it almost feels like it's trying to be, like, a, a Luke Besson, like, junkie type of movie in, like, those sequences, but they're playing it all straight, and it doesn't really, like, just let its freak flag fly uh, until the very end when he's just, like, you know, gonna dispense of everyone, and, like, there's a crazy Russian dude with a ridiculous mustache, 
and uh, stuff like that. That's when it gets really silly, and I think that's when the movie like really comes alive. Uh, so overall, I wasn't too keen on it, and I pretty much predicted, like I did last week, where I said A Walk Among the Tombstones would be the better version of this kind of movie. And I think it is, because I, I feel like that film, you know, had sort of like similar intentions going in and uh walk on the tombstones went for the serious route and did it pretty well and did it sort of in a classy way and uh you know at the finale once it gets to that you really you really are anticipating and wanting you know the bad guys to die and Funnily enough, the creeper from A Walk Among the Tombstones is in this film as well. He plays the Boston cop who's just like, yeah, I'm from Boston, and all I can say is f***, so yeah. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, that's the equalizer. Steven, what did you think? Did you you get your equalizer on? Did they did they show this at the Kabuki Theater where you're allowed to get uh <laughs> I, I, get turned I, up in the theater for this? I did not watch it at the Kabuki Theater. Because <laughs> okay. um, I feel like the Equalizer could have could have gone well with that setting. I, I I bet it's showing there actually. I it could probably use a drink. Um, but okay, so this was not a classy movie. But <laughs> I like I think I think I know how you guys felt about Lucy now, <laughs> and like that, the Luc Besson <laughs> comparison is very apt because this was like. This was a really stupid movie, but it was, like, my stupid action movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> I... There, there's so much to not like about this film if I actually, like, tried to think it. <laughs> think about it. Like, <laughs> like, you know, it's so one note. It's basically like somebody saw the elevator scene in Drive and decided, like, what if the whole movie were about a guy who does stuff like that? <laughs> like... <laughs> Just all the time. <laughs> I would watch the shit out of that movie. Oh, but let, let's make it more like Boondock Saintsy, where he's like trying to convert the person at the end. Or <laughs> side um, side note, side tangent, real quick. Nicholas Winding Refn actually was in talks to direct this movie uh, before Antoine Fuqua, but he dropped hmm. out because they were like, "Yeah, you actually have to make it like not so good." So he was <laughs> like, "Well, see you later." I'm, I'm assuming you're joking. <laughs> No, I'm not no, joking. No, you're, you're joking about the, but you have to make it not so good. Right. I, I imagine they, they were probably like, you know, we want, you know, this is serious. Like, I'm sure they, they told him, like, we want the movie to be a, like a specific way. And he was probably he's like, all, I, wanna... I agree to make this movie, but only if you replace Denzel Washington with, uh, <laughs> with Ryan Gosling. Gosling. With the baby goose. <laughs> um, no, like, I feel like it may be Nicholas. I feel like he was like in the pitch room and he was just like, yeah, like, he's just not going to talk. And there's going to be like weird like more like only God forgive ish, and they were like, "No, sorry." And he was like, "Well, I'm, I'm well, leaving." He he didn't want him to be able to talk because it's the only thing he knows. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I just thought anyway. like anyway, since you brought so up all, drive, I thought of yeah. All that being said, like despite the fact that I can see how how one note it is and how it's just you know trying to be a crowd pleaser, giving him a chance to do monologues and then get his spidey sense and figure out the next thing he's going to do. <laughs> and I know it was overlong and I know the villains were kind of silly, but I had a total blast with this movie. <laughs> I think it's maybe just because I have not seen an action movie like this in a while. Like, like, I don't know, a few years ago, if this came out, I would be like, yeah, this is like every other movie I see in theaters, blah, 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 nothing fun. But after all the kind of just like quiet indie fare, <laughs> moving into this movie where i just get to watch like 
a magnetic presence like Denzel, who is, of course, like the only reason to watch this movie. Oh, um, yeah. Getting to see him just like kick ass and take names in his like confident kind of quiet way where like he doesn't need to prove anything. Like, you know, he's just this explosive force. I had so much fun watching this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I really did. Like, I, I thought the fight scenes, if anything, I thought the final fight scene, the like the last 20 minutes that you're talking about was the part where it like started to drag on a little bit too much but i didn't it didn't bother me but i i thought the whole tension building of this movie was executed pretty well like every time something new was going to happen and he was gonna fight i was like all right here we go <laughs> what what is he gonna do now is he gonna use a corkscrew is he gonna use a cup <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i i can't really justify it that much but i thought i thought this was a this was great at being the like crowd-pleasing action movie that the trailer was promising. Um, even if it did go on long, I I don't know. I have trouble thinking people would be bored during it. I guess Carson was bored. Like I, was a I didn't bored, feel like yeah. I didn't feel like there was that much time between somebody getting completely annihilated. Yeah, um, I, I felt like they handled it pretty well. Of course, any kind of character moment where like they're trying to foreshadow his past or like confrontations between him and the villain of the movie trying to give the backstory it was just ridiculous like it was completely useless but it was fun useless i don't know i <laughs> i had fun with this movie i hope jay farrow has spoofed it already because there's plenty of <laughs> plenty of great quotes that he can throw in i can't wait to see that yeah yeah i i don't know i'm not gonna say it was great but I have trouble thinking most people who went to the theater to watch this, with me at least, were not having a good time. Well, you, it, you said you would hate to think that? I have trouble believing oh, that yeah, gotcha. like there was a large population who didn't enjoy this if they saw the trailer and knew what they were going in to watch. Yeah. yeah. Plus, once that, that, that uh, trailer, or once the, the credits roll and you got that song playing, it just like rewrites any bad will you had towards the film. <laughs> and you're just pumped up. And I mean, there there was a little bit more to it. Like, yeah, the characters were pretty one note, you know, even like Denzel. I feel like this archetype you've seen before, if nothing else, there's like Brother Mazone in The Wire. And the, there's something else too, like the guy who seems nice and button up shirt and reserved, but then all hell breaks loose. Um, I know there's nothing fresh <laughs> here, really. But within the genre, I thought it did some fun things like there were. In between scenes, when it needed to cut to like a different city or a different place, there would be these pretty stylized, almost like music video shots of like racing through the city and aerial shots of what they're doing. I don't. It, there was a kind of vibrancy to it that made the two plus hour runtime feel like it wasn't dragging out when I was watching it. Yeah, I didn't even know it was over two hours. I I only knew because I had somewhere to be afterwards. <laughs> and uh, the movie theater also that i went to played like 25 minutes of trailers or something ridiculous <laughs> oh man so i was definitely running super late by the end but i cannot blame this movie for that it's the metrion's fault all right well um i don't understand why carson hates this movie so much <laughs> because... i don't hate it i'm just you know well i mean like okay so so carson i mean i i'm I may be remembering this wrong, but you liked Jack Reacher also, right? Oh, yeah. I love Jack Reacher. Yeah, like, to me, the difference between this and Jack Reacher is that 
uh, Jack Reacher, half the film is all about, like, Jack Reacher's background and characters saying they don't know anything about him, but then people constantly explaining what he used to do. And this film is the exact opposite. It's like everybody's trying to figure out, like, we are seeing information about his past, but, like, all none of the characters can figure that out or know anything that's going on. And it's like, to me, they're very similar. They, you know, they, they cast a star um, to be in the role that is, like, basically you'll watch anything that that guy does. Um, and then it's really just a thing about some guy being super badass around criminals that think they're badass and then get taught a lesson that they're not badass. And I think that, yes, there's a lot of stuff that's dumb. Like his, his background is overly complicated and they're like, it feels like they never actually wrote what his background is. Like the writers of the script have no clue who, who the man actually is. So they just bring in characters to like say like, oh my god, we thought you were dead, but we never really believed you were dead because we know that you're so awesome. And then, so I should mention, if, if you didn't know, this is based on a TV show in the 80s. Right, yeah. I, I didn't realize this going in, actually. Yeah, I didn't but, know that until the, the thing flashed during the credits. Mm-hmm. So but, I, I wonder if the show had written an elaborate backstory for him or if mo- it was kind likely. of like always meant to be just a plot device. Like... He's badass, and we don't really know why, but there's something. Well, like, there, there's... Okay, so there's this show that I'm pretty sure I'm the only one that watched it for, like, the six episodes. It was actually, six episodes it was actually on television, but did you guys remember this show called Human Target that was on, like, two oh, years ago? Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah, I remember that. Um, this show was not good, but I, I, like, I love the crap out of this stupid show. Um, it, basically, what it was is um, a guy would be hired by somebody who thought their life was in danger, and he would either pose as them or work with them. So the whole point is that he would try to get himself the one that's attacked, and then he's so badass that he could get out of it. And that was just the whole premise of the show. And one of the gags was that, like, people always ask him what his real name is, and every episode, like, he pauses like he's going to tell them, and then he'll say something like, I can't remember, or basically he's he is, like, this phantom character that doesn't actually exist, and nobody really knows his backstory. But, like, the, his handler is a guy who trusts him, but he may or may not even know. And, like, the whole, the whole gag is that he's just this guy who comes in, takes the role of anybody, um, averts some killing that's going to happen and then goes off and tries to get hired for this again. And like the gag is that you'll, you will never know over the course of the show who he really is. And this film isn't trying to play that. It's just, it seems like it's avoiding talking about it because it can't come up with anything that would make him that cool or whatever. Like every other movie of this type, there'd be a scene where like some guy in a building is like reading documents. So he did like 15 tours in Iraq and like he was like secret service and he worked for like MI6 and then like he worked for the CIA and then he worked for like, you know, the Russian whatever, blah, blah, blah. And like he would come up with like these like 50 organizations he worked for and then all his records would be redacted. And like this film doesn't do that. He just doesn't, he literally has no past. There's even a scene where the main bad guy for the Russian mob or the main guy who's been sent by the Russian mob to fix the situation. He is like, I have this picture of this man. Uh, go look him up. Uh, and like, I don't know why I made him French, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> find who he is. Um, so like he has all these people digging up all this information and there's no scene that follows that where he's like, Oh, his name is this. And he did this. Like, it's just, it, they find nothing, I guess, which is, well, I mean, he's technically dead, right? There was that scene with uh, Bill Pullman where there's yeah, like, yeah, like yeah, he, you had a nice funeral. Yeah, mm-hmm. like he, he's faked his death, but, the, but there's no like pass for him right? anyways. And there's no like, they didn't even have the normal scene where like, 
oh, we found out who he is, but his records don't actually exist back further than, like, yeah. 1992 or something or like, like that. his real name isn't Robert McCall. It's <laughs> badass Mick, you know, awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, so so that, we don't have that. And it's, like, the the plot and the story and the backgrounds of the characters, um, the the casting of the one chick is, like, the hooker, like, all that stuff is stupid, but what's great about this movie is just Denzel Washington being a badass. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, I, I appreciated the fact that they didn't really dive into his backstory. Hopefully, if they do a second one, they don't get into that. They just continue Denzel being awesome, answering Craigslist ads, going like, you know, I have a problem. And he's like, <laughs> that, that I was will weird kill too, That little like shot right at the end where he's emailing that guy <laughs> back because... He, it didn't appear that he was doing that before the film. There's, there's, a, there's a part of his backstory that makes it sound like he quit doing whatever he... It's like in the in, in the in the trailer for John Wick or whatever, when, it, when he's like, oh, people man. keep asking me if I'm back. <laughs> yeah, I'm back. Like, I am so excited for John Wick. But I mean, it's like one of those things where it's like, apparently he was this guy who just went around and helped people equalize well, the evil and I, the good I don't know if that's what I didn't he get was that sense. or if that's no. what he becomes... No, I got the sense that he was, like, some, like, CIA dude, and, like, he decided to, you know, get out of the business. It's too late to start over. He decides, like, well, like, I'll, like, help the common people, but you know, because I, I have these skills. Like, I'm not going to be... I feel like we just spoiled, like, major reveals in the movie, by the way. I really yeah, think... Carson's, I don't think you could spoil Carson it. is really terrible about that stuff. I'm going to edit it out. So, but beyond the point, like I got the impression that he has always done this and that the government employed him in this because they had things that they couldn't do on their own. So like, I feel like he was this entity. They found out about it, but as a necessary, like rather than try to stop him, they were like, Hey, so we see that like you do this stuff and we know we're not going to be able to stop you. What if you just did this to these people? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there, there was some, it almost feels like, I don't know. There's something weird about it to just throwing that at the end though, where it's like, Oh, he's just answering this ad to like agree to help somebody just felt really silly to me. Um, I don't know. That's like that. Cause I didn't interpret it that way that he was like already doing that before. Hmm. Well, what, what? In, in that in that like capacity. But but if he wasn't doing that before, why would this? Why would somebody have ever asked? Like, why would he make a vow to not do it anymore if he wasn't doing it? And like, I, I I saw it as a vow of like violence in general. Yeah, like, I, like I, I assumed his role previously had involved the same skill set, just in more legal capacity. Yeah, exactly. Like he was doing it for the government in some but, but your inter- your interpretation is possible like it it makes sense to me my, my I, only... either way i saw it as his role at the end of this movie is a new one slightly from what it had been before right like he's working for the people now well see mm-hmm. see for for me like the reason i view that is because if he was part of like let, let's say he was part of like the cia or something or he was like part of seal team six or like some some like group of people who was going out and doing these things in a normal government capacity that's not that's not you know quote unquote regular violence like his character now is is like a dexter character where he goes out and essentially he is a serial killer but he's only killing people who deserve it so to speak um right so like if he was just if he was just working for it's not like he was just in in some branch of the military 
and somebody said like hey i don't like that you're in the military can you please like get out of the military or it's not like he was a cop and somebody was like hey i don't like you being a cop because you know we're trying to start a family and i don't like that you're in danger constantly so could you not be a cop anymore it is clearly he did what feels like off the books work where he justified it in that he is you know like he is removing evil from the world um so he's doing evil to remove evil and that's how he justified it and somebody asked him to stop doing that like he he, he it's it's sort of like the you know he he's spider-man or he's or batman more more uh accurately except for batman doesn't kill people but you know what i mean like he he's a basically a vigilante but like i don't think he was ever technically on the books well i feel like he had to have been to to learn all of his training I mean, you know, to, to acquire that, like, knowledge and skill set, you need some sort of training. Yeah, Unless yeah, he but... just, you know, Raza Ghoul trained him or something. <laughs> well, no, like, I, I think it's possible he worked for different branches of military and or governments, but I, I don't think yeah. that, like, when he first, like, I, I don't think that the thing he stopped doing was being a normal um, person in some sort of organization. I think that when the thing he had to stop doing was what he is doing at the end of this movie. Mm-hmm. because he's too like and also there's scenes where like it really feels like he enjoys the killing oh <laughs> like, yeah for there's sure. a scene where he double fists somebody with uh corkscrews and he's just he's enjoying it a little too much like <laughs> like he, he he in in that scene it's you know it's the scene in the trailer where he's like 16 seconds and he's gonna try to like take out all these guys in 16 seconds he spares an extra nine seconds just to look at the guy that he's just hurt <laughs> like because at the end when he adds like when he adds up and he's like oh i'm a little bit over he subtracts nine seconds from the total because yeah. he like paused in this in the center to really just revel in the fact that he just like destroyed this guy mm-hmm. but but i saw it almost as like a seven type thing where he's like i'm gonna look at you and i'm gonna tell you what you did wrong in your life and what <laughs> you know like a, just yeah. kind of like angel of doom type he, thing he's like the opposite of a sin eater he just like reflects the sin back on you yeah <laughs> yeah well i mean he did that with the other dude too where he's just like you know gets down on the floor with him and tells him how he's just gonna die also he has this weird obsession in the film which to me is just it, it so you know we, we see a lot of violent films and there's there's certain th- like every movie ever there's a guy who like gets either shot in like the head like you know you can cap a bad guy in the head or you can like shoot him in the kneecaps nothing like makes me squirm more than denzel washington's obsession obsession with people's like jugular vein (laughs) (laughs) he constantly is slitting them or shooting them or like i don't know it it, it was very well that's that's kind of uh that's one thing i did appreciate about the movie is that they got creative with uh, the way Denzel dispensed of all the villains because he never uses a gun in this movie. Um, yeah, I, like, I kind of thought that was part of his uh, yeah, like his he, thing is he can't be traced because there's no weapon to trace him right. to. Right. He's just like, you know, I'm just going to kill you with a power tool or something. You know, he's he's getting creative with it. Like, I, I feel like that was uh, what made, especially the, the finale much more entertaining instead of like you know just denzel walking around in the shadows capping dudes you know he's he's uh dispensing of them in other ways well i i feel there's a scene where he takes a weapon off one of the bad guys he does but he doesn't use it 
Like, there's that... I don't know if that's the one you're talking about, but there's that scene where he, like, grabs a guy's gun and, like, it's in the trailer, like, real fast and then points it no, out. No, 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 but, like, in, in the finale, in the Home Depot... He's down somebody, and he picks two weapons off of him, and he hands one to the security guard, and he takes one. I could have sworn. I no, no I don't if think if so. he does, I don't think he uses it. He might I not think, use it, but I mean, why would you take a weapon that you're never intending to fire? I don't think he did. I think he just gave it to the security guy and like maybe tossed the other one aside. I don't know, but I don't. I don't remember him taking one. Yeah, I don't know. He, I guess he's we'll have to go see like, it again. I guess, really... he never he never used one in the finale or ever in the movie. Yeah, like he's to, like a really, really gory MacGyver type person. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. But I mean, you know, your comparison to Jack Reacher, I, I feel like, you know, I really enjoyed that movie. And I think that not only is it entertaining, I think it's like well scripted and, uh, you know, the performances are good. And it's sort of like how Walk Among the Tombstones had, had this like kind of classy throwback feel and... I feel like the Equalizer is more in line with like a Luc Besson production, which is totally fine. Um, but I feel like it's one that doesn't quite come together. Like I, I don't think it's as egregious. Uh, Chris won't agree, but I don't think it's as as egregious as Safe House. But I I, uh, <laughs> I didn't like it as much as like something like Two Guns, uh, you know, uh, or Man on Fire. Well, I uh, I, th- I think that what we need is a. A reboot of The Expendables, where Denzel Washington is playing this character, Liam Neeson is playing as Walk Amongst the Tombstones oh character, and, Jack, and then Tom Cruise is playing as Jack Reacher character. Oh my, I would just, all the money, I'd give it all the money. And Kickstart that right you, now. You gotta have the, the dynamic that, like, uh, that in, in, um, in Avengers that, like, Tony Stark and Captain America and Thor have, where they're both, like, the three of them think they're, like, but like all three of them think they're super awesome <laughs> and they're constantly trying to one up each other. You right. need like that sort of aspect or like in, in Lord of the Rings where you have like Gimli and Legolas who are constantly like, oh, I killed one guy and he's like, oh, I just killed two. Like they right. gotta, have, they <laughs> the gotta constant, have that sort of thing. Constant one upping. Yeah. Speaking of Lord of the Rings, was the bad guy in this an elf in a movie? I feel he like was, I've seen him as an elf before. He was an elf. He was an elf in Fellowship of the Ring. That is okay. true. But I always will remember him as the villain in Triple X. So <laughs> I don't know if you should actually remember anything about Triple X. <laughs> I think I think in that uh, Expendables or Expendables S team, you gotta have uh, Rocket Raccoon in there. Wait, what's the? Uh, oh, obviously, about, about in my in my imaginary. Yeah, in your imaginary <laughs> one. <laughs> I was like, wait, is there another Expendables movie? I don't no, know. No, no, no. <laughs> You like you don't have Bradley Cooper. You have actual Rocket Raccoon. Yeah, you have him as as Rocket. Would uh, you throw Ryan Gosling from Drive in there just to oh, complete yeah, the? Oh yeah, gotta he, put he's, him he's in there. He's just the driver though. Like he doesn't have any speaking roles. Yes, dude. And, and we gotta all, have gotta have Tom Hardy in there somewhere. He's, he's too. only in the movie for five minutes at a time. Like anytime they need to be picked up somewhere. <laughs> and they never reference it either they don't call him up by name they just they escape from a building and then he's just waiting outside in his car and he flips the door open and he puts on his gloves and then he drives him somewhere and then he disappears yes and we need jake gyllenhaal to film it all uh to, as uh lewis bloom dude i'm so excited for nightcrawler i actually saw it on friday and i will say that it lived up to all my wildest expectations so i'm nice. sure someone will hate it on this podcast <laughs> oh great <laughs> maybe uh, i hope not though but it is uh well all i know is i made enough money to buy a ticket so it's I'll, <laughs> i'm excited all I'll say, to see it all i'll say is it's one hell of a movie and jake gyllenhaal is amazing <laughs> uh, anyway 
Denzel Washington, though, is also amazing, and I wish that uh, I'll continue to watch. I do like if they make Equalizer two, like you know, I'm going to see it, and I hope that it's way better. But uh, uh, I I wasn't completely on board. Like I said, it was kind of just. But I can like I I can see why people would just be like, oh my god, like nine out of ten, a minus, because you really do leave the theater feeling. Like after those last twenty minutes, and uh, you know the song blaring at the end. I mean, <laughs> it does get you like, go, oh man, like that's awesome. But then, you know, for me, it was like I'm thinking back on like oh, I just wish everything else had been up to that level. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and I can see when you mentioned two guns, and I also think like that was probably a more fun movie than this. Yeah, I, I think I just need I need more Denzel action movies in my life. <laughs> <laughs> just all the and all the Denzel movies, please. <laughs> all right. Well, hopefully we will continue to get more for the rest of time. <laughs> right. So, Chris, I I actually don't think I heard what you thought of the movie. I feel like you just challenged Carson about Jack Reacher. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> Well, that was, and then started talking about plot details. <laughs> like that was sort of my, like I I guess I kind of agree with you. Like the movie is dumb, and if you're going to bring up things like his past, I think that you should carry through on that, or at least give it. Like it, it's weird. Like in a normal movie, you'd be like, oh, this is the cliche scene where he's like, he was like, as I said, he's like in all these branches of the military, and he's got like 15 like purple hearts and like all this weird stuff. But like I feel that. Like, I didn't need any of that for this film, but then they put it in there where the bad guy is researching him, and then nothing comes of that scene. And mm-hmm. I think that kind of stuff bothered me. And I was joking earlier um, about the explosions where, like, you know, he, he blows <laughs> up like, this ridiculous. oil tanker, and then, but there's, like, oil, like, there's, like, gas mains that are connected to it, and those explode, and there's, like, a truck that's full of gasoline that explodes, and, like, he's just walking with, like, debris flying by his head, and, like, basically he should have been killed in his own explosion, but oh, he's just, yeah. like, cool guy walking away from it, like, and like, DJF. Yeah, like, it was just, like, stuff like that is extremely stupid, but all that being said, I really liked the film, like, it was, it was really fun, I had a great time, um, even though, like, you know, the film may... I'm, I'm actually surprised Carson didn't uh, complain about uh, some of the choreography and the way it's shot. is like you almost can't tell what's going on. Yeah, well, that was a problem, too. <laughs> but I feel like in the context of the film, like, the guys he's kicking the shit out of have no clue what's going on either. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're almost watching it from their point of view of like, oh, shit, this guy just knocked the crap out of us. And there, there's, like, some gruesome-ass shit, too, like... Um, so in uh, one of the recent-ish in the last couple of years, Jason Statham films that come out, there's that scene in the trailer um, that we always laugh about where like he takes a sip from a shot glass and he's like, I never what to, never know what to do in these situations. And the guy's like, what situations? And he's like, the situation's right before I kill someone. And then he like shoves the shot glass into the guy's like, I don't remember if it's his neck or his forehead or what. But oh, it, that was the one where he was protecting the uh, the little girl, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. The, the basically the, the rip off of Mercury Rising, right? Um, exactly. Mercury so, Rising with an Asian girl. Yeah. So in in that film, um, that's more PC, right? Instead of having like an autistic child that can break codes, you get an Asian guess, girl. Yeah. Who can break I, codes. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but anyways, so in in that in that trailer, you know, he smashes. You you just see like him hit a guy with a shot glass, basically. Like you don't know whether he shattered it on his head or like used the ring to stab him. In this movie. 
when Denzel Washington does that, there's a scene later on where a guy's looking at like a morgue report and you just see there's a hole oh, yeah. in the guy's yeah. eye socket to where like he basically took a core sample of the guy's front of the face through his eye socket with oh, a shot yeah. glass. You're like, what the freaking hell? <laughs> I just <laughs> like, I just done. like stopped my own bleep so I wouldn't have to edit it later. Um, but like, I don't know. It, it's, I had a lot of fun with the film. Um, I, I, Basically, I echo what Steven said about how, like, if you saw the trailer and you were excited for this movie, I can't imagine you watching it and then walking away disappointed, unless you're Carson. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess my only thing was, that, like, it wasn't dumb enough. I don't know. Like, it just wasn't, like, when it was dumb, I was enjoying it. I was like, yeah, like, walking away from the explosion, you know, Home Alone Depot scene. Um, <laughs> One star, it wasn't dumb enough, Carson Patrick, with a spoiler warning. <laughs> I mean, it's like a total, like, two and a half star movie. um and and i think that's purely because denzel's in it yeah i don't know i i felt the same way you know what you know what was awesome that scene where he like (laughs) the scene where the bad guy is like having dinner and that one dude who's like i don't know why all the goons got like progressively sillier in the movie like there's the dude with the mustache there's that dude with the glasses and denzel just comes back russian version of john Turturro. yeah the denzel just comes back and like puts the glasses on the table and he's just like, yo, what's up? And he just, like, puts him on. <laughs> and they're all bloody and, like, broken. That was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I've, I felt the same way about it that I feel with Max Payne, the video game, not the movie. I never oh, saw okay. the movie. I was going to say, uh, the movie was terrible. I, I used to play the video game. And, like, you know it's stupid. And it's, like, trying to be dark. And there's, like, strippers just because why not have strippers and... <laughs> stuff like that <laughs> well, that's, that's how you know what genre you're in yeah right, exactly. exactly it's how you know the genre but when you're actually in the moment like in the dark streets and just shit's going down it it's fun i don't i don't care if it makes sense yeah there there's also uh like i don't know it's semi-spoilery but like there there's a moment where one of the villains disposes of a character who's not important to the plot and while he's disposing of them it just cuts to outside the building, and there's, like, a woman right outside the window, like, barbecuing on a grill. <laughs> to me, I don't know why, but it was freaking frightening as hell that, like, horrible things could be happening right inside a window, and then there's just somebody outside completely oblivious to it who could, like, not that that person could do anything, but, like, like I don't know. Just the idea of dying not so happily in a very public place, but nobody even knowing it's happening is frightening to me. <laughs> Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. No, nothing. <laughs> um, okay. The, the only thing that frightened me was how much I wanted to kill people after watching this movie. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, wow. It, it, you know, it's funny you say that because initially... Because <laughs> I, I killed somebody right after Yeah, I killed someone. But no, but like... Uh, we, I saw, so I saw the equalizer, right? And it got out like right as like the box trolls was going to be starting. So we like rushed over to the theater um, and the previews were already playing. And like it was like a it was a night show and there was like uh, just an ass load of people in this theater. And like there were like strollers in the aisles and like a bunch of just rambunctious children. And so we go to sit down like in the second row and that's fine. Like I don't care. We sit down there. Um, and there's these two teenagers behind us. They're like the like most blandest, whitest kids, and they're just being like so annoying. And like they were talking, like right as the movie started, they're on their phone, 
And, like, you know, we turn around, we're like, really, guys? And then basically we said F it and left and went to, like, the later show. But as we were walking away, I was like, man, where's Denzel and his nail gun when you need it, man? Equalize this shit. <laughs> I, know, I just thought of that. Um, not saying I condone anything like that, but uh, no, no, I, I was sort I, I don't of mean still would... on the... On that I, high, you know. <laughs> I, yeah. I wouldn't want to be violent. You just want to be the knight in shining armor in a world right, without knights. Right, exactly. Like, I just wanted to, like, smack the phone out of the kid's hand and just be like, you're a disgrace. Equalize. <laughs> Boom. So, so what... I'm what, offering you the chance to do the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what we all learned from, uh, from A Walk Among the Tombstones is if you give somebody the chance to do the right thing... The person he may or may not be killing might escape eventually, and then you'll be in a bunch of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Stephen probably doesn't know what that means. <laughs> nope. I assume it's the plot of Walk Among the Tombstones. <laughs> it's, it's something that happens towards the end of the film. Yeah. The Peter Pettigrew of Walk Among the Tombstones. <laughs> it's Harry Potter reference. Oh, okay. I was like... Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Anyways. Um... Yeah, I mean, do, do we... Anybody have any comments on why Denzel Washington is OCD? <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess that was just like a character trait that they wanted him to have. Although, didn't you feel like it kind of went away like after a while? Like he just he like rearranged like some cool like glass skulls on the Russian <laughs> I, I guy's say desk. That was badass when like <laughs> that was cool. f- first just while he's talking, he because he can't help it, he has to align all the skulls so that way they're they're all in a line and perfectly spaced apart. But then right before he he pretends he's going to leave the room and then kicks the shit out of everybody, he like faces the skull to let everybody know like I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you and I'm yeah. going to kill you. I yeah. I enjoyed that. <laughs> and I, I don't like. Uh, I mean, maybe you have a uh, theory on this or something, but I, I don't know what the whole like wrapping a wet nap in a napkin thing was for. But maybe well, that's I thought it just... was a tea in a in a napkin. Oh, was it tea? Yeah, yeah. It, it, I think it's, it's, it's a BYOT it situation. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, that's I don't know. Much, I think you know... I, I think the OCD is just playing off the idea of a very thorough person who. Yeah, he's like very. Uh, he sees precise. everything and he thinks of everything. Yeah. Yeah, and how the fact that like his apartment was, you know, always clean and neat and he kind of lived sparingly. Yeah. Although I will say, uh you, you know the next time you get a uh, bullet wound to the leg. <laughs> I was just going to comment. I didn't know you could cauterize <laughs> wounds with with molten with honey. honey. <laughs> oh yeah. I didn't know either. I guess that's I, like some I was a little sad that the molten honey wasn't a weapon. No, I, I totally <laughs> like I thought it was I thought it was straight oil that he was like doing in the yeah. pan and then he was gonna like open the door and just fling it on a guy and yeah i, was like, I thought oh, he was gonna do yeah. that as well either that or like when he first put the the pot onto the stove i was like oh he's he's whatever he's boiling is gonna get to a point and like that's gonna trigger like some big ass explosion or something yeah but he did that later on with the propane in the microwave right i guess he put some honey on that oil tanker left it on the stove too long <laughs> oh good <times>. all right <laughs> All right, well, should we get to our verdicts for this episode? Mm-hmm. All right. All right, Carson, so if you're going to give this a must-see, a must-see, a must-see, a must-see, or a must-see, which must-see would you give it? <laughs> well, I guess all my uh, my Denzel senses were off, so uh, I guess I was the one who was in the middle on it. So I'm going to give it away for rental. I think that you... Uh, 
I think that maybe like if you're on the fence about it, uh, it or I think not if it's not so much if you're on the fence, but I think maybe you would enjoy it more like just as a rental. I don't know. You can maybe just watch the final 20 minutes on HBO Go or something. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I, I think like like I said, I mean, I'm not going to fault you if you completely enjoy the movie because it is sort of like I said, it's like this is where I leave you of action films like it's. It's harmless, it's not anything bad, but it just is completely C average to me, except for those 20, the final 20 minutes are like the most must-see of the movie, um, and I think that it's worth renting for that and for Denzel alone, um, but I, don't, I wouldn't necessarily say that it's worth seeing in theaters, I don't know. Steven? Uh, yeah, I don't know actually, because I've been pretty positive about it, but in my head this whole time it's been like recommend with the very obvious caveat that it's stupid (laughs) (laughs) and i think i gotta i almost want to bump it up to a must see just because of the enjoyment i had in the movie but i gotta gotta stick to my guns i gotta you gotta be who you are in this world stick to your no matter what yeah (laughs) and so i think i am gonna wind up in the middle still in that i'm giving it a recommend with a caveat Mm. recommend because i had a whole lot of fun with this movie caveat being it is pretty dumb especially like like carson talked about the final act being a whole lot of fun but the final final 10 minutes is just completely unnecessary like there's the big fight scene and then something else happens Uh, i was still down with that too i thought that was just ridiculous I, i i thought it was great because what i liked about it is you don't see any of it of it really happen you just see him walking away and then the reveal of everything that did take place before we entered the scene Um, so i thought it worked in the context of like okay he is literally finished up everything related to the storyline of this film and then you get him just like answering the email and knowing that Mm. this is going to continue for until he's gone (laughs) yeah i mean the only thing that was missing was when the guy was like who are you you know he he didn't say like i'm the equalizer (laughs) (laughs) No, that would have been really stupid. <laughs> I would have. Been, I was waiting for it, man. Or like he just walked away in slow motion, and then he has like some moment of dialogue where he's like, "Sometimes in the world, there's these problems that we just gotta fix." Who am I? I'm the equalist. <laughs> now that would have been stupid if it was like a voiceover. I'm just I, I, talking about like if someone asked him point blank, and he's just like, "I'm the equalist," <laughs> like all whispery, badass, like, "Oh shit, yeah." I think as far as cool lines go, as far as like cool lines of dialogue go, that that phrase like what happened, I hit it on something stupid. (laughs) I was cracking up at that scene. I thought that was great. That that was pretty good. (laughs) Um, And there was another like line that I laughed at where he was like trying to drop some philosophy or something. He was just like, you know, you better pray for rain. And uh, but you gotta get the mud or something like that. (laughs) If you pray for rain, you're gonna get stuck in the mud. Yeah, you're gonna get stuck in the mud. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I was joking about the must see, must see, must see, must see, just because I know Carson didn't like the movie. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a solid recommend with the caveat. Um, as as Steven said, it is it, it, the movie has a lot of dumb stuff in it. But I think that if if you if the trailer remotely piqued your interest, I would say if you even like that song, the movie is worth seeing. <laughs> if you like Eminem, you will enjoy. <laughs> Here's the funny thing too, or not the funny thing. Uh, I don't know why I started that sentence that way. Let me try that again. 
I think I figured out what would have made this film a must-see for Carson. If you mm. remove all the story, and basically what it is, is um, Denzel Washington just has like some sort of mo- mo- mobile smartphone. And what he does is he just gets a text, and it has a location. He gets to the location, and it pops up with a photo of a person. And then he just puts on headphones. That song comes in, and he just kills everyone in that location. <laughs> And then leaves until he gets another text message. I think that would be... uh, That would have been interesting, yeah, for sure. Um, I was joking with you guys yesterday where I was like, I hope that song plays anytime Denzel starts, like, kicking ass. Um, Which also would have been, like, that's in the same, you know, line. Yeah. But if I may indulge myself, I... Because, you know, I mentioned that Nicholas Winding Refn uh, was in talks to direct this movie. My brother and I thought of, like, the alternative uh, equalizer that he, like, may have made. And we just, like, completely ridiculous scenario where all of the roles are played by comedians. And we had Nick Offerman as the equalizer, (laughs) um, full shaved head, doesn't have any dialogue. And, like, Jim Carrey was the villain. And, like, like, Bill Hader and Rebel Wilson were, like, his serious goons. And, like, uh, Jason Sudeikis was, like, the Bill Pullman, like, this goes straight to the top. And I think, like, Tina Fey was, like, the other, was, like, the Melissa Leo character. Like, we we had it all mapped out where I was, like, yeah, like, it just needs to be comedians in, like, dead serious roles. And just remember that the cop, instead of being the one guy from, that was the creeper from Walk Amongst the Tombstones, it has to be Joe McHale playing his exact same role from uh, the (laughs) evil. From Deliver Us Yeah, Deliver Us (laughs) Evil. Yeah, exactly. Like that and like the I think we said like the uh the bartender would be Charlie Day and, Who's the uh, prostitute? The prostitute was uh well first we Sarah said Dave Silverman. No 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 we're like first we're like, well there's no funny kids, but then we're like, well, I think they'd have to like they'd have to cast like Dave Franco in drag, but then we finally just <laughs> then finally we just we just ended up saying like no, it should just be Aubrey Plaza. <laughs> And then we had like we had like Allison Brie as a as like a cocaine dealer, and like Amy Poehler was a pimp, and then like Steve Carell was what ultimately was the 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 hierarchy of the Russian mob. He was like the the the, the top guy in in Foxcatcher mode. In Fox Steve Ca- Carell, yeah, totally. No, he had the nose. We we were like, yeah, he's like in Foxcatcher mode. And uh, yeah, and then like the whole. The entire soundtrack consisted of the Eminem Sia song that you hear in the trailer. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, that 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 song actually the the last line or whatever in that they use in the trailer, but in the song could have been the ending instead of like "Who are you? I'm the Equalizer." The the, yeah. the, the bad guy's last thing could have been like "Why are you doing this?" And it's like only thing I know. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only thing I know. Uh, you gotta have guts over fear. <laughs> <laughs> Progress. That's what not he could have. He could have said that to the uh, to the security guy that he was trying to train. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta have guts over fear. You think I, I'm a buck ninety? You think you can you can carry me? He's like, you gotta pull this tire. That 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 buck ninety, my ass was pretty funny too. Yeah. Oh yeah, because clearly he wasn't. <laughs> All right. Well, I think uh, that is gonna about do it for this episode. Uh, Carson, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? Uh, you can go to uh, practicalcandy.wordpress.com. Steven? You can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. 
People can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning or you can like us on Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at TheSpoilerWarning.com. You can use the contact form on our site or you can send a voicemail to 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. Um, you know, we've been joking around it the entire episode, and you're hearing it now. That song is playing, the song, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, we're opening and closing with it. Oh hell yeah! Nice, <laughs> of course. It's the How only thing I know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. The, people, basically, the detractors of this show are really pissed right now. <laughs> basically, until there's another trailer that comes out with a song that. You, th- this is th- this is like the the other end of the coin from us being uh, obsessed with songs like in the trailer for Walter Mitty and stuff like that. Mm. Um, it's one of those things where like once you hear that song, it's like constantly in your head for the next six months. <laughs> yeah, you know what song I kind of dig, uh, although the movie looks like pure ass, but uh, Dracula Untold, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Lord's cover of um, that Tears for Fears song is pretty pretty sweet. I remember that in the trailer. Yeah. Uh, still, still, yeah. Doesn't, still doesn't take over Guts Over Fear. No, it doesn't, doesn't eclipse uh, Guts Over Fear, but uh, I, I think that's like the only thing. Like, I kind of get a little excited when I see the trailer, and then I'm like, oh, no, this movie's going to suck. <laughs> uh, you don't know the story. Although, I don't know. I mean, I, I really need to know. Dracula's backstory like I'm I want to get told okay you think you're alive because you can fight you're alive because of what I've done I mean I really I really need like uh Luke Milktoast Evans to tell me what Dracula is all about so maybe he can team up with Luke Bracey from the November Man and we could just have a Milktoast Avengers team up style movie i will say as much as i don't really give two shits about that movie there's something awesome about like millions of bats flying in the form of a fist (laughs) and him just like punching the ground dude that's like mummy return status or some (laughs) bullshit like come on it's still rad dude you we gotta review this movie because it's got zeus katir in it and i feel like you review any movie that he's in we're all about we're all about the movies he's in I mean, I'm definitely I, gonna see the movie, and I assume it's gonna be terrible. <laughs> Is it? It's coming out soon, right? Yeah, a couple weeks. Yeah. 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 Oh, the joy! I can't wait to get told. That's for sure. Drink Dracula. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like uh, Tywin Lannister trying to tell <laughs> yeah, me. That's so funny. <laughs> he he looks so goofy too. Uh, yeah. Hurts my soul. Oh well. Anyways. That's what happens. That's what happens after you die on the shitter. You turn into a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> uh, spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers for, for the last season of Game of Thrones. <laughs> Everyone should have watched it by now. So, <laughs> yeah, I'll let you defend that one. Uh, Carson's email address is spoil the shit out of everything at gmail.com. <laughs> uh, that, was, that was like Carson sent me an animated GIF. Yeah, no, it was a picture of Joffrey. (laughs) Yeah, like literally. And it said, Hail Hydra. (laughs) 
like literally the night after a particular episode of Game of Thrones. Luckily, I had watched it. He sent this picture, and I'm like, you son of a bitch, what if I hadn't watched the episode yet? I just had good faith that you'd seen it. <laughs> like, yeah, he'd probably watch it. Oh. Uh, I would like not talking to Carson for like a week. Oh. Uh. <clears throat> Anyways. And then that's what that's when I found the uh, the gif of uh, Lena Headey that says like her making the face that says spoilers. Yeah, yeah. I throw that one out anytime someone. Whatever. All right. Well, I think I've probably re- repeated our favorite song <laughs> twice now in this current sequence. <laughs> You're just looping it this whole time. <laughs> I, I, I'm, if, if I didn't think it would annoy people, I would just loop it under the entire episode. <laughs> the whole episode. <laughs> the whole episode just becomes a commentary on that song. <laughs> Yeah. Oh would, my god. Uh, it would be awesome. <laughs> Anyways, I think that's it. So thank you guys for joining me. Thanks for having oh, me. Oh yes, you're welcome. <laughs> and thank you guys for listening. Um, enjoy the song. Uh, try to line shit up on your table when you're at home. And yeah. <laughs> do it. And uh, see you next week. <laughs> Later. See ya.